What's up, everybody? PG Braun here, president of Blackstone Labs, back in the studio with another episode of Ask PG Braun, except today we are not asking me anything. I am going to be asking all the questions to my special guest, Jennifer Strobo, who's here with me in the studio today. Hey, guys. And so we've done a lot of great content uh, already today, and I'm very, very excited uh, about having uh, Jen here because she's actually been with Blackstone for a little while, but I've been being pretty quiet about it. And <laughs> although she's been posting, I have not really done much other than thank her for some of the help with the ab chick because I really, really, really wanted this announcement to be done on video because of the stories behind it. And um, today we're going to talk about those great stories. Uh, but first, I think that it's important that people know a little bit about your history. And I will start out by saying that the very first person that I ever interviewed uh, when I was working for Dave Palumbo at RX Muscle, uh, was Jennifer Strobo after she had won a show in uh, Connecticut. What year was that? 2010. It was the uh, Europa Hartford. So I was really excited to be able to be helping Dave and doing things uh, in front of the camera. I, I, it was something that I always wanted to do. And uh, Dave put me on the spot, and he said, "You can, uh, you can, you can go interview the girls. Peter likes the girls anyway. Go interview the <laughs> girls." So I had a, a few girls to interview, but the first one that I did was the winner was Jen, and she was by far the nicest. In fact, the other girls who I will not name, they almost acted as if they did not want to be talking to me at all. It made the interviews awkward, so I made those ones faster. Um, <laughs> maybe they were mad because they didn't win, perhaps. Maybe. I mean, you know. Um, but Jen was so uh, nice, and she had such a happy and, and positive attitude that I will say that I admittedly, and I don't know if she takes me serious, I admittedly had had a crush on her for many, many years after that moment. And I had always thought very, very highly of her. Um, but I think that we should go back to the beginning and let her tell her contest history because there's a lot that you new guys probably won't know. The old, the old school people like me will know that I look at her as a legend. Um, <laughs> but I, I guess we could start out by saying, you know, how did you even get into all this stuff? Um, how I got into the bodybuilding sport is kind of a weird thing. A friend of mine owned a, a nutrition store, a Max Muscle in Pensacola, Florida. Max Muscle. <laughs> um, and he asked me if I would help him out at his bodybuilding show. And I was like, a bodybuilding? Are you talking about like muscle guys? What are you talking about? And he said, yes, I need a trophy girl because a couple of the girls just flaked out on me. They won't go. And I was like, do you know, I'm 30 years old. Like, I don't need to be a trophy girl. And he's like, no you're good, you know, come, just come do this. I want you to wear this sports bra, high heels and bootlegged leggings. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come and do this. I was so anxious and nervous because I would never just wear an outfit like that anywhere. You know, I've got two young daughters and, um, at the time they were, uh, seven and 11. And what was your fitness background at that point? Nothing. I had, was a fencer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know that. On guard. <laughs> yeah, I was a fencer from the time I was in seventh grade until I was um, in the middle of my high school years. I uh, went to the Junior Olympics as a fencer. Wow. And I uh, placed seventh there. And so it was pretty awesome. But I started competing um, down in South Florida, you know, in the Miami area, competing against adults when I was only 14. And I was winning because I was a lefty. So that Southpaw, uh, you know, that little Southpaw. Learning advantage. a lot right now. I don't know anything about this. <laughs> he now knows not to take me to a knife fight. <laughs> um, but I went and I just was always, I always thought I was a fit chick, but I was just skinny due to some health stuff that I had gone through my whole life. And um, I was that skinny fat girl. Okay. And um, I would... You know, every now and then if I had a boyfriend or somebody that wanted to go do something active or go to the gym, I would go do it because I loved being active. I loved being outdoors, but I'd never lifted weights or anything. Okay. So here I go to this show and I go to do it and I'm standing on stage and I'm holding, it wasn't just men, you know, bodybuilding. I see this division called figure and there were 
you know, there were, I think there were five girls in the show. And I saw photos afterwards of me holding their hands up and, you know, as the winners. And I thought, you know what, maybe, maybe I should do something like that. I need a goal. You know, I've been raising my kids, being a businesswoman, and I would love something that's just for Jennifer, you know, just something that's mine. And I went back to the gym the next day and I found the trainer there at the gym. And I was like, I want to do this show again, you know, that show. And he started working with me three days a week, lifting weights, which I had never done before. (laughs) And he tried to tell me kind of how to eat and what to do. And, um, it wasn't quite working, but I mean, it was, but, um, and then I slowly progressed into finding a coach Mm -hmm. and, um, I went and I asked Shannon Day, who was just starting Bombshell Fitness. Wow. And I asked her, I was like, you know, I want to get coached by you. And she was just kind of just beginning all of that back in 2008. And I went and began with them. They coached me and I wanted to go back to that show the following year and compete at it. But I ended up doing just like a random little small show prior to that. Um, I trained for six months, I think. And started doing nutrition, and I went into that show, um, the Battle of Biloxi, and I uh, I won my class. So your first time out the gate, you won your class. I did, and I was the only girl in my class. Oh, (laughs) it was one of those. But I still have that first place trophy, and (laughs) nobody knows. I always feel so bad when that happens at some of the smaller shows when you know you go through all that training. And then, you know, nobody shows up in your class, so you win no matter what, but you don't know how good you really were going to be because there's nobody there to compare yourself to. Right. I, um, I weighed an awesome whopping at five foot seven, 118 pounds. Wow. That's light. <laughs> Especially for figure. That's very light. But I also won the overall. Oh, so you won the overall too. Against one other girl. Okay who I'm not sure if she knew she was going to compete that day because I'm not sure what diet she'd been on. Wow. I know. I, I, I don't like talking negativity, but um, yeah. So I won the overall there and that would just, it kind of got me the little bug. Mm-hmm. And then I went back to that show that I had been the trophy girl at. Had a lot of negativity in the gym from these girls who were like, we've been competing for years. You'll never do anything there. And they were actually awful to me backstage, everything. But um, I won everything class that I did there oh awesome (laughs) so now the bug has bit me and I just kept I was like okay now I want to keep going in this and I started learning more about the sport you know okay there's the steps you know there's a national show Mm -hmm. that you want to go to you got to qualify for that first then you want to then maybe you could become a pro you know I started learning about different pros and things in the figure division and I just kept going I did nationals in um when nationals moved around, mm-hmm. it was in three different places there yeah, for a while. Yeah, people don't probably don't remember. <laughs> it was in Atlanta, it was in Texas, and in Miami, and it was in Miami. And um, I've been to all of the places. I've competed in all of them. Actually, uh, it's much easier for me now that they keep in the same spot right down here. True. Um, so the the year that you went to nationals, where was it? It was in Atlanta. It was in Atlanta. Uh, nationals in 2008 okay it was in Atlanta and I was an F class girl that was when figure was only a through F Mm -hmm. I think it now it goes to H yes um just to break the classes down more but I was an F class girl I was the very last person to take the stage that day wow after all the competitors um in the F class and you know, obviously the last class. So the judges are sleeping at that point. They are sound asleep. No, <laughs> no, no, no. And um, they're amazing. And um, you know who won their pro card there? And won the overall? So Can you, you guess? So Can you, you guess? You did all that that fast? Yes. Wow. Uh, that I, I, I did not know, actually. Uh, you probably had a thing or two going in the genetics department, I assume. Um Considering that you were 30, hadn't done anything other than some fencing. I mean, you don't work out in fencing, right? Well, I mean, it's a lot of lunging, I guess, but it didn't really build my legs. My legs mm-hmm. were still always my nemesis in um, uh, figure as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more cardio. But there was no weights, right? No weights at all. So you went, so was this all the same year? Yes. So in one year, you went from never competing before, 
winning an overall, qualifying, and then getting your pro card? No, I. This is my first nationals. Oh. So okay. who won my class that year was Aaron Stern. Oh, Aaron Stern. And I was right behind her. I was going to ask me. who was who was the stars back then. Aaron Stern won her pro card and she won the overall. So I was like, all right, she won the overall. I'm okay with taking second to her. Okay. So, no big deal. I went um, to the following year, the next national show, uh, Junior USA, Charleston, mm -hmm. in May. I went there and I won my class. Okay. But when you win your class at Junior USA's in 2009. Yeah. You not only have to win your class. You have to win the overall. You have to be the top two. Oh, top two. Okay. Top two, and I was one of those top two, and awesome. I earned my pro card. Who was the other one? Her name was Andrea, but I don't. she never competed in a pro show. Interesting. Yeah, things were much different back then. For everybody, it was a <laughs> lot harder to get pro cards back then. That was the first year Bikini came to nationals, a national show as well. I remember that. That was a big deal. I was actually watching the show with uh, Carla Salati and a, a, a bunch of the other uh, pro tan girls. And we were all like, what is this division going to be like? And there was a lot of people that were talking negatively about it. And then there were some people that were excited to see what it was. And uh, I remember sitting in the front row and watching. And we all actually really, really enjoyed it. And uh, we were like, I'll tell you what, the, the, the crowd is, is, is getting really into it. Like they might be onto something here. I remember there was like a couple of... Um, a couple of the uh, black girls had come out real, real sassy and did a bunch of moves that really wouldn't be allowed, <laughs> Not at, allowed. At, uh, at this point. And it was entertaining. And and I, I said, you know what, this division is going to probably be the biggest one in a couple years. And, uh, you know, then after that, we, we started seeing a lot of changes. But now, just to fast forward a little bit, and then we're going to go back to your story. Now at Nationals, first and second in every class get a pro card. Right. Um, universe, universe, um, USA's. Do they do that? I think at the USA's, but I believe it like junior USA's and junior nationals, you still have to win your class. And then I think the top five yeah. girls in the overall get their program. Yeah, so they make it a little bit harder there. I think North Americans, I think they do top two, I believe. So there's a lot, you know, and it is very good for the business because there's, you know, they're just cranking out competitors now. Right. Well, there's so many more competitors now. Yes. Now, I mean, not not to say there weren't a lot then, but there's a. It's definitely the sport has grown just tremendously. When you uh, got your pro card, do you remember who was the Miss Olympia that year? Nicole Wilkins, I believe. Okay, so you're now a pro. I turned pro in May. Fast. I do my pro debut in October at the Fort Lauderdale Cup. Oh, wow. Um, and I qualify for the Olympia. Awesome. The top three at every pro show at that time qualify for the Olympia. Mm -hmm. But there were not very many pro shows. Mm -hmm. So you, you only had maybe 10 to choose from practically, 10 or 12 to choose from for your full year. Mm -hmm. So I qualify for the Olympia and I got to go to the Olympia my first year as a pro. And how was that experience? Surreal. I mean, the Olympia is just, that's the Super Bowl of what we do. Who doesn't want to go there? Mm -hmm. And I mean, to think a year and a half before, I barely knew what it was. Yeah. Um, you know, not the Olympics, it's the Olympia. <laughs> and uh, just to get to go there and experience that and see, you know, walk the stage that so many people have just always wanted to walk and be present in so many amazing competitors, you know, world. And to be part of that, to be included in that, mm -hmm. you know, it was just, it was crazy. Did you feel that at that time that you were going to be competitive or were you like, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm happy to be here. Whatever happens, happens. I think my thoughts going into it, obviously I would tell myself all the time, even if you're dead last at the Olympia, you are miles ahead of yeah. so many other competitors that yeah. have dreamed about this moment. Right. That they've just dreamed of putting their high heel shoe on that floor, you know, and um, I would tell myself just to take it all in, take in the lights, the crowds, the cameras that are everywhere. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you've never been to the Olympia, the magnitude of that show with the yeah. giant screens, the jumbotrons everywhere. It's just it's crazy. And um, I was in third call out there and I placed 13th out of 28. Mm -hmm. So it's. Not too bad, yeah. beating half the yeah, crowd. It's a you great know, start. I felt great about it. I was super stoked. You know, there's all these after parties that you're supposed to go to as a 
as an athlete there and just to be, I was fangirling about a, so many people, you know, I'm like, I'm sitting at the same table with um, Jay Cutler and, you know, <laughs> Flex, you know, and it's just, it was crazy to just, and now that I'm great friends with them, you know, but it was just so crazy. When you, um, when you were out there and you saw, was it Nicole Wilkins who won that year? Nicole won that year, I believe. So when you saw her physique versus what you looked like going back to the drawing board, did you feel like you had a lot to do? You know, what was your game plan after that? Well, I felt like I obviously needed to continue shaping my muscles, growing when I, what I could, but at the same time, um, I always have to be really careful about what I'm doing. So it was just, but I've always been a big, you know, you pay attention. Don't try to chase another person's physique. You want to do what's going to be best for your body. But I could definitely tell her physique was so developed and mm -hmm. it's just amazing. Her structure is just phenomenal, but she's built completely different than second place. Aaron Stern. Of course. So you've got to look like, okay, you have to play the game, you know, the cards that you're dealt and, Let's bring up what's best for your body mm -hmm. and make your body look its best. Don't try to be someone else's body. And you, for all your years competing, stayed with the same coaches? I did. Every and single year. you did a lot of shows. I did. Once I was pro, I would compete usually four times. Mm -hmm. um, the Olympia the Arnold, and then I would do two other pro shows. Mm -hmm. Usually I'll be, I would do those two pro shows to get qualified for the Olympia. And a lot of times I would do back-to-back, -back, like one week apart, and just when, for fun. Back then, <laughs> back then to qualify, what did you have to place? For the Olympia? Mm -hmm. um, after my first year, you had to place first. You okay. had to win. So how many shows did you win? I've won 10 pro shows. So 10 wins, and you've been to the Olympia stage... Ten times. Ten times. What was your best placing at the Olympia? My best placing at the Olympia was fifth. Wow, that's awesome. Top five. Top five twice and sixth twice. So that's amazing. So for the, the young listeners who aren't paying attention to figure, that's pretty damn impressive. All those wins, all those times on the most prestigious stage in the world. I wonder how many competitors have been on the Olympia stage that many times. I know Nicole and I have been, mm -hmm. and I don't know of anyone else in figure that was that many years in a row. Yeah, I always liked uh, Nicole's physique a lot. Um, I was much more of a fan of her physique than of Aaron Stern's physique. And uh, I, fun fact, I coached uh, Ava Cowan one year uh, that she was uh, fourth and just completely different physique. Everybody's different. Completely, yeah. completely different different look. And, um, you know, it, it's very, very hard to judge a bunch of phenomenal women with different shapes and, and, and structures and whatnot. Um, but I always really, I, I really liked the way that Nicole carried herself on stage. I thought that she was a good champion. Her presentation mm -hmm. alone makes the judges look at her. Yeah. It's something about as soon as she hits that pose, you feel the need to look at her. So you were in the mix in the lineup with her then? Always, yeah. That's really cool. That's amazing. And this whole time, doing all these shows, um, and we're going to come back to this a few times actually, you're a type 1 diabetic. Yes. And um, we're going to talk quite a bit about this on this podcast, but what was it like competing all this time you know, with diabetes, it was, it was hit or miss every show. Like you weren't sure what was going to happen for you. So I'm competing, working full time and I'm a mom of two kids and I'm diabetic. So it's like, is my body going to be exhausted? Am I getting enough sleep? Am I able to eat these carbs or these fats, you know, right now, or is my glucose going to bottom out or spike? It's just always a game for me. Mm -hmm. You never know. Okay. Well, last show I did xyz my final week but then when i want to do it for that next week it just doesn't seem to work so in the final days we're changing things up did you find that when you were off season versus into prep that your insulin dosages were changing more not a whole lot because i 
seriously stayed on my nutrition a hundred percent all the time year round just because of my health. Yeah. But also because I wanted to represent the IFBB year round and not, you know, just to be able to really look like I could try to compete in the next few weeks at any time. Yeah. I have never, ever seen Jennifer Strobo look like she couldn't get on stage very soon in all of the years of knowing her. It's always been something that I've been very impressed with. Without knowing her well back then, I assumed she must just stay in close to contest shape at all times. Now, I would fluctuate at the most five to seven pounds. Okay. Now, do you feel that it would be wise for most competitors to do that? I do. Um, Think of, especially for female competitors, Mm -hmm. but for any competitor, um, the hair ties that we keep on our wrists. Mm -hmm. After over time, we all know that that ponytail is not quite as tight because we keep expanding the rubber band and letting it shrink back down. The same goes with your skin. And that just makes such a huge difference on stage. Your skin's never going to be quite as tight each time if you gain a lot of weight and, quote, want to bulk up between, mm-hmm. you know, or can't manage any food issues you may have, you know, may have or, like, just get it back into, you know, you want to just feel like you're a fit chick all the yeah. time or guy. But um, your skin, in order to get that really good, shiny, conditioned look, you can achieve that. For a while, but over time, to be a long time top in the industry, you've got to maintain your weight and you've got to keep yourself in check. Do you find that perhaps the industry has masked certain women's eating disorders or that psychologically perhaps some of them have then developed eating disorders? Because... I see a lot of issues with it that I always wonder which one came first. Um, I do wonder that, but I feel like there may have been other issues prior mm-hmm. to it. Um, but also, if they've got a good coach, mm-hmm. their coach is going to make sure that they are eating and they're not so deprived for so, so long, which actually makes them end up looking so much better on yeah. stage. Um, because when you deprive and deprive and deprive and then work harder, 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 it sometimes leads to a, not as great of a look. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I but I do believe that it could be one or the other. Um, sometimes you could focus more on food so much because you're wanting to heat your meal up and you know eat it right now and do all of these things. So many people don't understand um, the chemistry behind eating and you don't have to eat just because it's 1 p.m. Your body's mm-hmm. not going, oh, I'm shutting down. Yeah. You know, if you go a little bit longer without eating, it's fine. Just go and eat the meal next. You know, um, I think that it, people just get so weird about it and feel like then when they finish competing that they can no longer have those items mm-hmm. again or now I can have them. And then they or they also I find so many people say, well, no, I'm in prep mode or I'm not in prep. But when I was staying on nutrition and just wanting to feel good and look good year round, um, just for my own self, you know, you don't want to do all this hard work just for five minutes. Yes. You want to, you know, people look at, you don't want people to look at you and go, Oh, you're a competitor. Mm-hmm. Yes. They want, you want them to recognize that. And, um, when I found that I was staying in check all the time, I still got, you know, I don't like to call them cheat meals, but free meal, a treat meal or whatever, mm-hmm. a hiatus meal, some sort of meals. I got them all the way up to the week of my show because it wasn't like, you know, they'd be like, Oh, well you're in prep now. I'm like, well, it's no different than last week or the week before Mm -hmm. because maybe the amounts might've changed a little bit, but really nothing much changed because I didn't have to work nearly as hard as someone who needed to drop 20 pounds. And that truly is the way that it should be guys. You should not fluctuate so dramatically much. I mean, and then I, I, a lot of women will say, you know, well, I'm off season. You know, they'll throw it out right away, but, you know, they're 30 pounds heavier than their stage weight. You know, it's just not healthy or necessary. I hear a lot of um, competitors say, I need to bulk up. Not at all. And, uh, you know, I've tried to hammer it into people's heads. Like, you can keep on making good quality gains and stay in good shape. You know, if you're if you're bulking up, putting on muscle, but you're getting fatter and fatter, you know, you're not doing something right. 
I also do feel, though, that the, the biggest issue is perhaps not always the competitor first, is that a lot of girls come in green, and so they sign up with a coach that maybe they heard was good, and there's often poor coaching and then no exit strategy after, which I think you should be responsible enough to figure those things out, of course, on your own, but it, oftentimes it's not. And because of that, you see all kinds of, of craziness happening with a lot of the girls in the industry. I have seen a lot of crazy and dangerous things and just bad. And I get really worried and concerned. And I will even reach out. I used to keep my mouth shut, but I will reach out to people and say, hey, you know, because you got to think you go and you compete and you've got this Ferrari racing down the street because you've been doing X amount of cardio. Mm -hmm. You've been eating a certain amount of you know calorie deficit. And then the night of the show or the day after the show, the girl or guy, they quit doing everything. They quit going to the gym, they quit doing cardio, and they quit their nutrition. Yep. So you've got this trifecta. You've taken that Ferrari and slammed it into a brick wall. I love that you use the Ferrari reference, too. Of course he does. <laughs> um, but you've taken it, you've slammed it into a brick wall, and then your body doesn't know what to do. And then what's your first thing or your first now social media post? I have adrenal, you know, all the, I've messed up all my adrenals, mm -hmm. and then I have this fatigue. But no, it's something that you did to yourself. Your body didn't know what to do and didn't know how to react. So it shut everything down. Metabolic damage was the big one oh, that everybody yes. was using for a few years. But I mean, if you're going to, obviously you're going to enjoy some goodies that you haven't had mm -hmm. or you know, you don't need to eat the whole pack of Oreos. Eat Absolutely. a couple, eat a couple and move on. You got that taste, you know, but if you're going to do that, go train hard as heck the next, yeah. that whole following week. I'm always like, pick one thing that you're not going to do for a week. And fine, if you don't want to do, you know, if you don't want to go to the gym and lift, go do your cardio and stick to your nutrition as close as possible, but enjoy a few things. Mm -hmm. Pick one thing and slowly back things up because you can't take that, you know, a Ferrari needs time to slow down still. Absolutely. Very good advice. Um, the reason that I brought up the poor coaching is because you coached for a long time also. Yes, nine years. So nine years of coaching, all those years of competing. And your last time on stage was two years ago. Almost two years ago. Almost yeah. two years ago. What show was that? The Tampa Pro. The Tampa Pro. And how did that go? Not as good as I wanted it to. I was I decided like that was going to be my last year of competing. Mm -hmm. um, I did kind of put that out there that it was going to be my last year of competing. And um, I kind of rushed a prep a little bit. And... First pro show, I didn't get first pro first call. Wow, and how it was take very that? disheartening to me. Mm -hmm. I think um, getting second at the New York Pro hurt my feelings more. <laughs> Why? Um, because it was within points. Yep. And I was sick with pneumonia at the New York Pro that time, and I got second there. Oh my god! But um, I know, but I was too vascular, but I had pneumonia. So, <laughs> Jeez. what a warrior! I know, I know, it was so crazy. But um, when I commit to something, I'm doing it. But I rushed the pro the prep for the Tampa Pro. I have always loved the Tampa Pro. Yeah, I competed. Tim at Garner it. does a very nice job at that. He show. does amazing. He's just his shows are just great. Fun fact: that's the first show we ever sponsored. Really? Yeah, many years ago. Nice. Mm -hmm. I remember Blackstone being there. Yeah. Um, but I competed at the Tampa Pro before, took second there, and I was just I wanted to go back and win that show. I've always just loved that show, mm -hmm. and it didn't go so well for me. At that point. Did you think that the girls were changing more? The look of the class was changing more? I did feel that it was the structure was changing a little mm -hmm. bit. I know that my structure wasn't anywhere near what their structures were looking like. Figure has evolved just like every one of the divisions. They mm -hmm. do evolve over the years. And it's, it's okay for me to know that it did evolve. And um, it was also okay for me to know that the girls that I was standing on stage were the same age as my daughters. Yeah. So your how old were you your last time on stage? I was forty one. Wow. But my last year on stage, I was in first call on the Olympia, yep. third at the Arnold, and um, standing next to Sid Gillen, who's the same age as my oldest daughter. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, I, I I remember you just as a as a fixture at all of the big shows, and if you weren't competing i remember you expediting the shows always i just like the sport gave so much to me um 
unbeknownst to a lot of people, I've always been very, very shy and still pretty much an introvert. I like I like my quiet time at home, mm-hmm. but very, very shy. I couldn't really look people in the eye. And the sport gave me something that I didn't have prior to that. I mean, I was always confident in parenting my children and in business, but getting in front of people or speaking groups or, you know, in front of people, mm-hmm. I just didn't want to do. And the sport really gave me a lot more than just the notoriety of being a top pro. It just gave me a lot more to my inner self. And I wanted to give back to that. I wanted people to see that there's a lot more things to be scared of than walking on a stage and people clapping for you. Yeah. And so I loved the expediting aspect of it. I love being present at the shows and getting to tie people in backstage and fix guys suits and showing them the best way to do it for them because I've been there. I've done that. I've felt that anxiety and that nervousness Mm -hmm. and not had someone back there to help me or to talk me through those first steps on the stage. Yeah. I will say that the Northeast, uh, Steve Weinberger's crew, he always had a damn good crew of expediters and it makes the show flow so much better, you know? Um, for any new people that are going to start shows, put out shows, I can tell you this, not having the right expediters is going to make people not want to do your shows ever again. And having the right expediters makes it just that much better of of an experience. And for the people that are watching the show, it makes it flow so much more efficiently and faster too. That's a a huge, 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 important thing. Yeah. You don't want to show to drag like I'm waiting on my wife to get up there. You know, I haven't seen her yet, but you also don't just go grab every friend to do a, to become an expediter mm-hmm. unless they've been present at some shows yeah. and um, having that makes the athletes feel so much more at ease. They all make their class 90% of the time and um, you know, they, they don't miss something happening and they feel taken care of. And that makes those athletes continue to want to come back to that show again. Yeah, Blackstone Labs um, has been for a while sponsoring all of Steve Weinberger's shows. This year, we're sponsoring literally all of them. There's a lot. Um, and they've grown up there as well. There's a lot. There's a lot of little ones that people don't even know about. <laughs> um, and um, we have also done all of Tim Gardner's shows. And now this year, I'm proud to say we're going to be doing a large amount of the muscle contest shows. And there's a reason that we love doing those shows with them is because they're run very, very well. And it makes me a little bit more nervous to help a first time show, especially if I don't know who's running it and not know what's going to happen at the show. So, you know, the, the people that have been doing it for a while do it well. They do. Um, so I wanted to talk a lot about you know, your history, competing for a long time, coaching for a long time, because it leads us a little bit forward into, you know, why I really brought you down here. But before I even get into that, do you remember, because I don't know if I do remember how I found out that you were taking glycolog. Did you just tell me? I did. I actually, I, I think I just saw you at a show and I told you about it, that I'd been on it for several months. Mm-hmm. And, um, that I absolutely loved it and didn't know what I was going to do without it. You know, I just, I, I definitely wanted to continue getting it. I don't take a lot of, I don't take supplements from companies. I do everything, you know, vitamin, I'm a big vitamin proponent and nutrition, but, um, glycolog was one of the main supplements that I began taking. So once I heard that, and as I have, you know, said, and I'm not joking, I, I, you know, I've, I've said it before that for me, to have Jennifer Strobo, who in my head, I've always just affectionately referred to as Strobo. <laughs> Everyone calls me that. For me to be like, holy shit, Strobo is buying Glycolog? This is my chance. And I was like, no, 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 let me just send you some. And so I was like, give me your information, I'll send you some. And I had sent her some and then I didn't hear from her for a while. And I remember I had asked you how you were doing with it and you didn't want to bother me, which by the way, never happens. Usually, (laughs) usually once you hook somebody up for free, they're like, Hey, I'm going to need some more this, you know, Hey, I I ran out of that. You know, do you think that you could send me more? And I'm usually pretty nice about it anyway, unless you cross me in some way, then you get nothing for free. Um, But I was so happy that I, was able to have somebody that I knew for all these years that was buying my product because she liked the product 
that made me feel very accomplished as a supplement owner. So then we start becoming friends and I find out that you're a type one diabetic and now I am beyond proud of the fact that you're using glycolog. So we start talking a little bit more about that. And uh, you had said that your doctor actually had, had looked at the product and thought it was fine for you to take. I brought it in and I said, you know, I've been using this because I wasn't utilizing my insulins as much. And he was like, why are you, what are you doing different? You know? And I said, well, I'm taking this supplement. And he just looked at me like I was a crazy person. Like what over the counter thing are you taking now? You know, trying Mm -hmm. to do because he knows that I don't like to take medicines. I won't take Tylenol Motrin, anything like that. I'm big and let your body heal itself. And uh, he's like, what are you taking? And I actually had it in my backpack, which I never go anywhere without my backpack because <laughs> um, I have insulin in my meters and stuff in there and my food. Um, but I had it in my backpack for him and I showed it to him. He looked at the label. He read through it and he asked me how I was taking it. I explained to him that I take it with any of the meals that I have carbohydrates in it that I would know normally I would have to inject more insulin for. And he approved that I could. He was like, all right, well, if, if it's working, don't stop it. And I haven't stopped it since I began taking it. Which is a few years ago. Several years, yeah. So that is truly amazing. So now I um, was so happy to hear this. This made me feel so good about the product. This is something that I believed about the product anyway. And of course, I could never, uh, you can't make uh, any kind of medical claims on products. You will absolutely get sued and, you know, get thrown in jail. So we, we have never said things like that. But... I have encouraged people to add it into their regimes no matter what. And I have had numerous, and when I say numerous, I would say, I wouldn't even be surprised if it was over 100 at this point. Wow. Uh, Diabetics reach out to me saying that one person or another told them to try Glycolog and that they've used over time. Type one and type twos, right? Yeah, less medication. And um, I thought that that was pretty neat. I said, well, um, thank you. I've had people send me like charts of their numbers, you know, from not using like log versus using it just for me to see. And I've read through all of it. And I, th- I thought it was very impressive. And again, I've, I told all of them, you know, I, I just can't advertise it that way, but you are absolutely using it the right way. And that's fantastic. That makes me feel very good. Most of the time they just wanted to thank me for, you know, Hey, you, you put out a product that's like really helped me out in, in my life. Yeah. And you know, there are products that can make you have better pumps or better workouts or lose fat a little bit easier, but you don't really need to take any of that stuff. If you have a product that truly will help your quality of life, especially if you have a condition like diabetes, you know, that's pretty amazing. I mean, it's an amazing product for just your basic athlete that doesn't have Mm -hmm. a health condition, you know, an autoimmune autoimmune that's affecting them the way mine does. Um, because, you know, they're going to get leaner. All those carbs that they want to eat, you know, they are actually going to go to their muscles and fill them out and round them out and help them grow. But for someone like me or those suffering from any type of diabetes, it it's just an amazing product because it didn't allow that glucose to just hang around in my body where I would need more insulin. It pushes it right to my muscle, which helped me fill out a little bit more, mm-hmm. which is a struggle, constant struggle for diabetics. But it helped my numbers, which in turn is just helping my overall health. Which is awesome. So now I started really putting my thinking cap on, knowing what I knew and thinking, well, what else could I, I have her take that would really benefit her? And we had come out with Carnitrim. And so I sent you Carnitrim and I said, I really want you to try this one as well. And it was a similar situation where you added it in and it worked good for you. It did. At first I was like, I don't really need, you know, a lot of people think carnitine, you yep. know, that, that I don't really need to lose weight, mm-hmm. but you explained to me why it would be benefit, would benefit me. And then outside of that, so, you know, glycolog, you know, she, she's swears by glycolog and I've had her on uh carnitrim. And then other than that, the only, the only products that she messes with and you know, you guys don't need to take all of our products is uh, the newer ones are Recomp, Myostack, and um, now uh, Gear Support, support mm-hmm. and uh, Adrenal Care. Right. And I think I've told everybody that there is no one, even if they're not working out, 
that wouldn't benefit from gear support and adrenal care. They have, you know, fancier names, but it's just herbal organ care is exactly. what it is. So. And I'm big into, like I've said a couple times, you know, just natural healing and using herbs and vitamins to take care of my body and my organs. And that's why I, agree, you know, agreed. Like when you were talking about them, I was like, yeah, I'll take those. I checked the labels, check to see what's in them, watch how they affected my body. And I'm super happy with them. That's awesome. That makes me very proud. So with all of the stuff that you know about your body, you've trained for years, you've taken very good care of yourself, great history, going through all this positive stuff, and then to switch gears a little bit, all of a sudden you start not feeling good and you go to the doctor and what happens? Well, I wasn't feeling myself for about mm -hmm. a year. I just felt like something was just off. I felt fatigued, sluggish. I even sometimes didn't want to go to the gym or train or just didn't have the energy to do it. I felt like there was just something really off and I'm pretty in tune with my body. And I waited for a long time before going to my doctor and um, he did some blood work and he said, you know, my red blood cells, cell count was extremely low, low as, as well as my white blood cell count. It was like there was nothing going on. So they referred me out to an oncologist and in late April, I was diagnosed with a blood disorder that mimics chronic myeloid leukemia. Wow. So in a sense, having leukemia. And um, that must have just rocked your world finding that out. It did because, I mean, I'm a research dork, so I was spending hours online just trying to find all these different things out and calling all sorts of people because I was in a panic. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't know what to do. Um, my life just took a turn and took a change. And um, my doctor immediately said, you know, we want you to put you on a, um, a parallel to chemo. You're going to do a treatment. In a couple of weeks, you're going to come back and do another one. There's three hours worth of sitting in the chemo lab, you know. And here I am doing chemotherapy, being this elite athlete, sitting next to mostly elderly people, mm -hmm. which was just shocking to me, or, you know, women my age that were suffering from breast cancer or lung cancer, but this was, I've taken such great, great, great care of my body, but this is something that you really couldn't control. It's just yeah. gonna, it could happen to anyone. And it was daunting to me and bone marrow biopsies, you know, going in for that. And it was just something that I never would have pictured in my life. And when that happened, did you, obviously, you know, from anything that I've seen, the the chemo makes you feel very bad, correct? Very bad. The first, the day that you're doing it, no, it's not, not mm -hmm. such a big deal. You go home, you're like a little tired because you've kind of been sitting around. But I actually had all the nurses in the chemo lab doing lunges up and down the hallway and <laughs> squats. And I spent my whole time answering nutrition questions. And it's three hours. <laughs> you're there three hours. Wow. I would, I'd play on my computer. I'd watch a movie or something. You know, you get lots of graham crackers and juice while you're there, and um, which were great. I love graham crackers. <laughs> and um, I thought, you know, it would be fun. So then I had the girls, they were posting on Instagram doing their squats and lunges. That's cute. And it was just super cute to watch them. They'd be like, oh, you told me 100 squats a day. I've been doing it. And they'd want to show me their how their butts have transformed. <laughs> it was just fun. You know, might as well make a difference in their lives yeah, while you're there. Awesome. Um, but the next day, I would just be wiped. So it would be another day of not training, which was my norm of going, you know, four days a week at least to the gym, um, to just feeling terrible, to eating, but, you know, knowing I needed to eat for diabetes, but not wanting to eat or wanting to eat a ton of food, but knowing that I couldn't, it was just a, it was such an out of body experience for me. Yeah, I can't imagine. And I did that two different times to did my treatments twice. And then I'd been doing tons of research and I decided no more. I'm going to find a way to heal my body. Um, CML has a 95% curable rate. And I found a ton of places that had a 90% curable rate of curing it naturally and holistically. And I started following the things that they recommended. What did your doctor say when you wanted to go that, that route? I went to him and he mm -hmm. said, normally I would not, I would say no. Um, he said, yes, it's, it can cure you. Yeah, of course it can. 
But he said, the only reason I'm saying yes, that you can do it is because I know you're going to do it. That's awesome. That's amazing. <laughs> so at this point, even though you got horrific news, the prognosis has been somewhat positive. Somewhat positive. I knew one way or the other I was going to get better, mm-hmm. whether it was to continue doing these treatments or to start doing things for myself, a cup, just adding three or four different things in for myself and doing it a little differently. It might have been slower, yep. but instead of killing these cells in my body, I was going to get rid of those and grow new, great, healthy cells. And is there some sort of timeline for this t- type of thing? Not really. It's just always trying to get better. And so I just keep doing it. And how often do you go and get checked? I go every six weeks. Okay. Yeah, I'm getting ready to have a new bone marrow biopsy done. Um, it's January now, and it's in February, mm-hmm. just to see where everything is there. Okay. And have you seen changes in a positive way so far? Definitely. I've oh, been great. able to get back to training. I only train in the gym, lift weights, um, three days a week usually. Mm-hmm. I, I'll try for a fourth one, but it won't really be. None of it's near what I used to do. I still get out of breath really easy, get fatigued. I mean, when you don't have those blood cells working for you or the numbers that you should, you're going to get fatigued really easy. Or there are some days when I just wake up and I'm just exhausted. And I know that day I'll come back another day and try Mm -hmm. again. But I have seen um, much more energy come back to my life. I'm actually able to train, like I said. I'm able to um, do a lot of the things that I, I love doing. I love doing those you know, the obstacle course races, the Spartans and the mm-hmm. Tough Mudders. I love challenging myself to new new things and getting outdoors and just having more life to myself. And that has definitely come back over the last few months. That's amazing. That's really great news. Um, you know, I think so many people, when they get, you know, a diagnosis like that, they, they mentally allow themselves to be defeated right away. And the mind is so powerful that your outlook on a situation can really help determine where your body's going to go. Completely. I am a firm believer in manifesting what you want Mm -hmm. to happen. It may not happen right when you want it to, but you've got to stay in that mindset. You can't get defeated. Uh, You know, I wake up every single day and I do what I call my intention and gratitude. So I set my intention for the day. Today is going to be a good day. I'm going to feel good today. Whether you feel amazing right at that moment or not, just keep telling yourself because if you tell yourself you're sick and I don't feel good and then you get into that woe is me and then you know your endorphins drop and everything's just going to go downhill from there. But if you get up and no matter what, it's gonna, I'm going to make it a good day, mm-hmm. you actually will. You'll turn everything around. And then I do a gratitude list. I'm the list that I'm thankful for at that moment of people in my life and things that have happened for me. And there's so many things to be grateful for. Um, you know, even if I don't feel great, well, I still have a roof over my head. I still got food. I still have food to eat. I still got to get up today because so many people don't have that opportunity. And that attitude is very inspiring to me. And I have just really enjoyed being your friend and being a part of all this and watching what you do so much so that I finally decided I was going to ask, uh, Jen for some help with something and I had never asked you uh, for anything before, but I was, I was always the one asking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like uh, I don't like asking for things, but I was in a situation where I really needed help, and I knew that you had a lot going on. But I I believed that you were the right person for the job, and that you were going to be the best person to ask in the, in this situation. I was doing show after show with the ab chick and would get different uh, critiques. But one of the consistent critiques that we kept on getting was that her posing and presentation needed work. And I mean, the judges were, were being hard on her about it. And I was like, man, I just truly don't have time to, to do that at all. I mean, I don't know how I can fix this. I'm going to have to outsource it, but who do I outsource it to? And the only person that I really wanted to do it was Jen Strobo. So I reached out to her. And I presented this idea to her and um, she was so awesome about it that she said that she would be happy to do it just because I've been sending her glycolog all the, all this time. (laughs) 
And I was like, no, 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 we got to work something out. And she was like, no, no, I really want to do it. And so I sent uh, Abject to her. And uh, their first week of posing together, she finally went and got a first call out in the show. And the feedback that I got back was how her posing was dramatically dramatically better and i even saw it in her check-in videos i was like who is this girl all of a sudden posing like this and it's just the confidence that she had and the flair and the sass that she just didn't have before just came out so well and i was like man maybe i should have been doing stuff like this all along like maybe i should have just told her from the start like listen you know we got to get you a posing coach i kind of figured you know, she's a pro. She's been doing this for a while. She knows how to pose, but there's so much more so that much goes more into that it. Goes to it. You could have the body that looks amazing. And I think most coaches, you know, like, but you've got to know how to show it on stage, but you've also got to know how to connect with those judges. You know, you're up there on a pro stage now and there's 45 girls in the show. Why should they look at you? Um, everybody's body looks pretty darn good, you know, but you also have to show your body in its best light as well. So it's just so many things, hair, makeup, suit, the way you place your body and the personality that you bring to that stage. You have to talk to the judges without actually saying a word. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a lot. And there's a lot of very good girls up there. So you got that chance to get their attention. Yeah. And with the ab check, you know, Stephanie, she's, she's so used. I mean, she is a badass. You yeah. know? She's so used to going hardcore and just going all out and, you know, making, we got all those ugly gym faces because she's mm -hmm. going, she's killing it. But you got to bring a little bit, of, you've got to feminize yourself mm -hmm. when you're on stage in that bikini and heels. And, you know, I, I always used to say stripper heels and hooker makeup. You know, yeah. you, you've got that on stage and you've got to bring a little bit of sass to it. And all of a sudden, when I was like explaining to her how she's just got to move less rigid you know mm -hmm. we're not walking into walmart we're walking into bloomingdale's you know you've got to yeah. <laughs> carry yourself a different way because you're on a pro stage and she brought it she worked yeah. hard she practiced her posing which is so critical and mm -hmm. practicing constantly and within just a couple sessions she just looked like a different person and i was so happy for her because i just remember her messages after that show she was just so excited yeah it was very special, and I know that she'll just continue to get better with it as time goes by. It's practice makes perfect on these things. But I was so excited about all this that I came up with the idea, and this is going to be the first that anybody knows about this, is I wanted to do this more often. So I said to Jen, I said, I would like to bring you on to Blackstone Labs, but you won't be just a regular athlete. I said, I would love it if you want to talk about your diabetes. That'd be great. I would love it if you want to talk about leukemia. If you don't, I understand. I said, but I, what I'd really like is I would like to inspire the girls that are working with me to try hard enough to do a good enough job with Blackstone Labs that they know that if they're doing their job the, way, the right way and they're working with me, that I will send them to you that I will take care of it, I will cover it, and they can go to you for posing and have the best presentation possible as well. And I have now uh, my main wellness girl that I'm training that, that's been working with you. She's so fun. And she has been getting better and better, and this is somebody that has never known a thing about wellness posing before, and we're all learning a lot. So we're all learning. We're all <laughs> learning a lot. So uh, one of the next videos that you guys will see down the road is uh, Jen and I are going to get somebody in the gym possibly here and um we're gonna do a tutorial on wellness posing the first wellness show is coming up pretty soon actually it's at the la fit expo and, and only, it's only what a couple weeks away i will actually be weeks. there we um we are now um it was a last minute we weren't going to do the la fit expo this year which i love that show um i haven't been there in a couple of years it's grown um, a lot when i was when i was sponsored by dnc I went there every year, but I haven't been out there in a couple of years, but it's always so fun. Yeah, it's a fun one. We were going to skip it um, for financial reasons, just to save money for the Arnold. And then we decided to do a little small one at the end. And I didn't even realize that 
uh, muscle contest was putting the first ever wellness show on there. And now I realize that I have a girl doing it. So a lot has happened with that fast, but I'm excited to see what happens there. And then we'll start as the season moves along. I can't wait to watch knowing the a lot about it. it, but I am going to be sending my wellness athletes to Jennifer Strobo for posing. That's the way it's going to work. There's so much fun to work with and I get to know so much about them. And the more I learn about them through our FaceTime and Skype calls, mm -hmm. the more we can play up that personality of them. Because while you've got to add a little sass or whatever on stage, you want to bring your own personality. You don't want to try to emulate some other girl you've seen in, a, in their video because it's not going to work for your body. But it's also, if you're trying to be someone completely different, it's going to come across awkward. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of, uh, we on the team, we currently have a lot of coaches who do it all. And they, you know, they do the nutrition, they do the training, and they do posing. And most of them are good IFBB pros. We have Steph Mahoy, we have Steph Sakara, we have Karen Yoakum, we have Katie Cupful that are, that awesome. are doing, you know, posing with their clients as well. And, but even the really good pros sometimes need somebody to get eyes on them and help them be better. And... For my wellness girls, since there's so much to learn, you know, we're going to be, of course, learning with it and it's going to be exciting. But I've been doing tons of research on it and just trying to find everything I can. There's not a ton out no. there. So it's kind of like that first year that bikini came about or the first year men's physique came about. You know, it's just everyone's learning and just keep researching and find what you think you know, is going to be great and go by what, you know, MPC news online says, utilize that, um, as a huge help and then add your own little flair to it. Yeah. I love it. I wanted to, even though you've, you've kept this very positive, even with the leukemia talk, you kept it very positive. I want to make sure that we ended on a positive <laughs> note. So my, my wellness girls will now get to be coached and posing by Jennifer Strobo, a legend. From the IFBB. And I'm not always, I will say, when you're coached by me mm -hmm. as imposing, you may not always like what I'm telling you, but if I just sugarcoated it all and said, okay, well, that looks great, that looks great, yeah, that's good, then you're not going to improve and you're not going to get better. Mm -hmm. So, um, all right, wellness girls, don't get upset with me. I just want you to be better because I want you to take that stage and feel so good and have such a great outcome that you walk off stage proud. I don't want you to walk off stage and say, well, I should have, would have, could have, you know, done these things. You're following all of your nutrition. You're following all of your cardio and your workouts, but let's really practice that posing and nail what's going to be best for you. That is damn good advice. <laughs> um, I know you have a daughter to go see. Is there anything that you want to plug or throw out or talk about before we wrap this up? Buy your glycolog. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I just feel like I want everyone to take away from the sport, um, that we've talked about so much, um, that it's a good experience. Mm -hmm. You've got to find something good in it. You can't, um, uh, take your entire life and throw it away because you did bad in a show. Yeah. It's all a learning experience. Um, like we were talking about the ab chick, you know, we have to learn and we have to know what's working and what's not and grow from it and you know, you get to do this. You get to get on stage and have people clap for you and that's your day and you get to be diva or king for the day, you know, and just enjoy that. You got to go to work on Monday. Yeah. You got to still do laundry, take care of the kids, make it a great experience. Enjoy the MPC and the IFBB and um, utilize the products that are out there to your advantages as well. Like I'm utilizing my glycolog and find a company that stands behind their products and educate you on them and use those not just something that your friend threw at you at the gym amazing i just want to say also and i'm not being silly about it i really loved getting you down here today i've been wanting to do this for a while we have and i have said i've, been, I've stuck to my guns i'm not gonna make an official announcement and this is no disrespect to all the athletes that i've just put a graphic out about I'm not going to do an official announcement until we can do it on video because it's that important to me. And so today is that day. That, that's dear to me. I mean, I've, I've seen how passionate you are about it and I've appreciated it. And I mean, we've been friends for a decade um, or, you know, known each other for 10 years. But um, 
to be part of Blackstone Labs now is just it really means more to me than you than you know. Well, I appreciate that it means a lot. So, on this little love fest, Eric, I think we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna wrap it up. So uh, it's been a great day. We've got some good content coming for you guys. You'll get to see how shredded uh, Jen is in the gym training and putting out very very good education on shoulder training and uh, an outstanding video on Glycolog that I'm going to make sure everybody sees. And I've, I've even learned some different things about how to use Glycolog, which I'm excited about as well, that I'm going to try myself. And it's been a fantastic day. So thank you very much. It has been. I'll be back. Hopefully we can keep doing more content to um, for all of your athletes and for everyone out there. Thank you very much, Jen. And always, peace out. Bye. Peace out.